Welcome to Viewpoint on Construction, our podcast series that offers modern takes on a transforming industry. Beyond the latest construction technologies and best practices, this podcast series looks at the innovative ideas, creative voices, and forward-thinking themes that are shaping our industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. We're thrilled to be here. I am Wayne Newitz with Viewpoint, and I have two distinguished guests with me today. Uh, let me introduce you to them. Tara Harmon Kramer, principal of Rye Kai Commercial Roofing and Construction Materials Broker. And uh, Tara's here with me in our studio. Tara, welcome. Thank you, Wayne. Well- uh, and also, we have remote from her headquarters in uh, Menlo Park, California, Angie Simon, president of Western Allied Mechanical. Angie, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Wayne. I'm excited about this. Oh, as am I. And especially since I'm probably highly unqualified to be doing this. So thus, (laughs) I'm going to be leaning on you ladies to help us understand and help our audience understand what it means to be a woman in construction these days and what advice and counsel you can give, again, not only your fellow female colleagues who are in or looking to join the industry, but the industry as a whole to look at the value and place of all people, women most certainly included in our industry. So let me begin. Tara, tell us a little about yourself, what you do for a living, ma'am, other than running a couple companies. <laughs> oh, you know. In your uh, spare time. In my spare time, right. yes. I have no time. My companies are my time, uh, along with my children. So I am a mom of two wonderful boys uh, who are now 15 and 17. And when I started this company, they were two and four as a single mom. The companies are named after them. Rye Kai is Riley and Kai is Kyle. So uh, just two wonderful, amazing sons who have grown up in the construction industry and really see the construction industry as a wonderful opportunity um, and also women in construction. And they've seen a lot of amazing women throughout business. Thanks, Tara. I mean, you know, construction has a reputation for being a family business. It always has and to a very large extent still is. It's encouraging and really cool to hear that it's a family business now, potentially being passed down from mother to sons. That's a pretty cool story. Thanks for sharing that. Angie, tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. I started here at Western Allied um, one year out of college, 31 years ago now, actually as of this month. Started as a project manager, young project manager, ran projects, HVAC projects throughout. The Bay Area is very exciting in regards to the type of projects we get to do. A lot of life sciences, high-tech type projects. We're the heart of a lot of that innovation here in the Bay Area. After a number of years, I got married, and uh, I, too, also have two sons, uh, 23 and 20. Um, And they have basically been, been, they've been involved in the construction industry by mom's interaction the whole time. My younger son, who's in college right now, has been working for us during the summers. Um, He's an industrial technology major, so he's going to try to work in the business, maybe. And uh, Western Allied's been a great place to be. Um, I, about 10 years ago, became president of Western Allied and and real excited about all the work and and future we have for the company. No, that's great. Thank you. I, I, of course, have met both of you, um, you individuals, and know a bit about your resumes. But tell us... a little bit about, uh, and Tara, I'll pick on you again here to start it out. Tell us a little bit about what got you into the construction industry. What motivated you? What brought you in? We'll just start there. I actually started as a receptionist for a national roofing company and uh, located on the East Coast. And they had no women project managers. 
So I took a month sabbatical to Australia and came back and went into the president's office expecting to be fired when I made this ultimatum (laughs) that I would like to be uh, out of 30 offices nationwide. I would like to be one of his first women project managers. And I would like to be on the West Coast. I wanted to move and I wanted to open a brand new office where he wasn't. So he proceeded to tell me that he was going to let me have that opportunity. Um, And he sent me to be a roofer, not a project manager, (laughs) in uh, the state of California. And I progressively worked my way up, thanks to many wonderful mentors, male and female, in that company and with the president's backing and became a project manager in Seattle, a project manager in California, and then eventually he kept his word, and I opened his first office in the state of Oregon and ran operations and sales. And he admitted years later that uh, he said, I have to come clean with you. I really didn't think you would make it. And he said, I am delighted that you actually did. That That's a fantastic story. Let me ask a couple follow-up questions. He didn't think you'd make it. Did he help? Did you feel like this person was a a mentor or a help to you in your career? Or did you feel more like, "Mm, geez, I'm I'm out here on my own. And if I make it, it's my my grit, my determination, my intelligence that are going to do it. I cannot rely on a network because the network was of a different gender uh, with a different mindset. Did you encounter that? Or, you know, was it the opposite or somewhere in between with respect to your relationships with, you know, these folks as you advanced? I liken it to a a mother bird pushing her baby bird out of the nest, Uh giving her the tools and the support, but at the same time, that bird has to learn to fly. So he was there in the background, I'm sure, watching, Mm -hmm. um, but he did the right thing for me. He pushed me out, and I was pushed into a newer division of the company, so I felt that was an opportunity, not a negative. The people that I'm still friends to this day with the people on the West Coast that helped me work my way up. And... And that was their decision, too, because they they talk back now and tell me that we thought you were a corporate spy, actually. <laughs> so we, we laugh over drinks over that. But um, but uh, people really embraced it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. They thought it was different. I really don't feel like anybody sabotaged me, mm-hmm. uh, except I do have one story that uh, the roofers, when I was roofing on a Saturday, I was doing a hot tar roof. And they thought it would be funny if I... Middle of summer, too, probably, Middle right? of summer, of California, course. of course. <laughs> and they thought uh, it would be funny. It's an initiation, they told me, if I would chew a piece of asphalt and swallow it. So I said, okay. I said, I can do that. So I did. It really just tasted like plastic. And I, I did it. They laughed. But that gained... In, it just went company-wide that I had it was a good sport and did it. <laughs> I mean, I was young. I was in my 20s. I didn't know. And it just wasn't that bad. So... um yeah, it was just uh, there were there were times where I'm sure people had their their gates up, their fences up, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I knew I had to prove myself. And once I proved myself that I was there to stay, those walls came down. So right. um, I would say the people, for the most part, were that, very helpful. That's good to hear. And I want to come back to the proving yourself part uh, in a couple of minutes. But Angie. Uh, I really would like to understand your story. What brought you into the business and to the position you hold now? Well, Wayne, um, you know, my my family was not in construction. My dad is an electrical engineer that worked for the Navy. We, we lived down in Southern California in Ventura, and he worked for the Navy as an electrical engineer. And but I, and in high school, I was very involved in sports. Uh, I actually played four sports in high school mm. and loved, and did well in math and science. 
So when I was trying to decide where to go to college, um, I partially picked one where I could play softball. I really wanted to play softball in college, in which I did. I went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. And, but to pick that college, my dad said, why don't you read the, what are you going to major in? Why don't you read the catalog? And so at the time that I was, you know, getting near, near to go to college, they were kind of having the energy crisis where we were waiting in line at gas stations for gas back mm-hmm. in the late seventies. And I remember thinking energy conservation sounded really interesting. So the Cal Poly had an HVAC solar option within environmental engineering that talked about solar energy. And I thought, oh, that sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. But I also thought it sounded really cool to be a PE major or a natural resource management. I thought a forest ranger sounded wonderful too. <laughs> so my dad convinced me to try to the engineering side first and I could go to the other side if I needed to. So I ended up majoring in environmental engineering, which they ch- now have in the mechanical department. So I'm, my professional engineering license is mechanical engineering license. But um, also played sports for four years, also played Cal Poly softball on the NCAA team for four years. So I really didn't know what I was getting myself into. I was in a major that was designing and HVAC systems, mm-hmm. but still didn't really understand what it meant. But I knew I wanted to work in an industry where I could get out in the field and do hands-on. I didn't want to design only in an office. So. I ended up looking for and finding a mechanical contracting firm to work for that was design build. So Western Allied is that. And I started working at Western Allied as a young project manager. And so I, I was very involved in basically running of the projects from, from the beginning. And, right. and the thing that's helped me, I would say one of the biggest steps is, is the understanding of team and teamwork. I think I came in as a young female who understood team and sports and sports was a very valuable lesson for me to understand that if you don't work well as a team, you're going, you, it's not going, you're not going to be successful. Mm-hmm. Came in with um, a number of young project managers that were male, who oftentimes they came in with more confidence than a female might, but they also would sometimes feel like they knew a lot because they were engineers. I came in realizing that my sheet metal foreman and my piping foreman knew so much about construction. <laughs> I knew nothing about it. So I basically said, teach me. I want to learn and tell me what I can do to take care of you so that you can make money on my jobs so that I can make money on my jobs. So I think that attitude helped me along the way. I respected immensely my union personnel and the, and the things that they knew. And I learned more from my field in those first five years than I did from necessarily the office. And and maybe, and I was accepted by the guys in the field. And I was the only female project manager at that time. So. Um, I think that was a good step. So I always tell all of my young project managers that are starting that really understand that you should respect who you're working with and they're part of your team. You're not the project manager over these people. They're your teammates. Right. No, I mean, that's an outstanding, um, an outstanding philosophy. And I I have no doubt you probably wouldn't say this about yourself, uh, Angie, but I have no doubt that it, uh, that that attitude is attributed to a lot of the success of your, of your company. I have no doubt of that. So both of you have mentioned team and sport as a key element of uh, you know, how you get into and become accepted by your peers in the construction industry. You know, Angie had direct um, experience and analogies to that in Tara Uem. You had implications of being accepted, you know, on that roof that that hot Saturday, right? Uh, and so, question is, do you think it's getting better or easier? for uh, women in construction to get to that level of acceptance of you're part of the team, gender regardless, you're, you're part of our team. Is, is it moving in that direction in your opinions? Uh, Angie, let me start with you. Do you think things are getting better in that regard? 
You know, I actually really do, Wayne. I, I think things have gone slowly over the 30 years I've been involved, but I think it's going to accelerate a lot. And it has a lot to do with our millenniums. Mm-hmm. Um, they are a much more accepting group. They seem to be collaborate well together. Um, my my boys, growing up in the Bay Area where we're very diverse, my boys don't see race. They don't see sex or color. They they don't, like when they identify a friend, they don't say, I have a an Indian friend or mm-hmm. I have a, I mean, mm-hmm. they don't do that. They, they don't see that. And, and I think, um, I think people are going to be more accepting of it. Diversity, diversity in the construction industry is extremely important. And it, we really need to work on that because the construction industry, diversity, not just women, but on all, all trades and all, all, all nationalities, et cetera, because we're a very white male industry right now. Mm-hmm. But so I think, I think that, that's important, and I think it is going to change. I think that I never thought of myself as a trailblazer, but I guess I look back and think that there wasn't many women doing what we did, mm. what we what I did. And um, but now, uh, Western Outlet in the project management role and the engineering role, I have nine women. So, yeah. and out of a company that's that's of of probably forty total people in those roles, I have nine women. That's fantastic. And and Tara, do you do you feel the same as Angie? Do you feel it's getting better? Do you feel it's getting easier? I started in the the construction business 32 years ago mm-hmm. and absolutely it's getting better. I've talked to women that were before me and they tell me some very interesting and very hardcore stories. Right. Um, Angie and I both have hardcore stories and the women that come after us will have, you know, some hardcore stories. But I think that our stories are what makes us mm. and they are far less dramatic. You know, you don't have the mob coming in and right. knocking on your door if you're a woman business owner, which did happen in the old days. You know, it's it's very men are very open, women are very open, and the people that are coming up are very talented people. And we look at talent; we don't look at gender and race. Um, so it, it it's actually very amazing to see mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's millennials. I think it's I think it's every you know. 60s, 50s, 40s, 30s, 20s. It's in every decade that we're seeing just wonderful opportunities for women and for different races. Right. And and I'd say that I, I see this across industries in general, and it is very encouraging. And it's it's pretty important for our industry. Pulling up a couple statistics here, uh, I'm sure we all uh, have heard many similar statistics. One that I have is uh, from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, uh, 9.1% of employees in our industry are female, 9.1%. Uh, we've got a little ways to go. And if you talk about a, an industry that is um, in, a, in a difficult position right now for staffing, recruiting, retention, succession planning, with a 9.1% participation rate from half of our population, I see an I see an answer to the problem right there, right? So can I share a story on that, Wayne? Uh, uh, absolutely, please. So back in 2008, um, I was asked to go on the national board for SMACNA, which is a Sheet Metal Contractors Association, mm-hmm. and um, I, they had never had a woman on the national board. And we're, it's, SMACNA is celebrating their 75th year anniversary this year. Mm-hmm. So I showed up to my first board meeting, and, and you were, this is a national board, so people from all across the country, the Midwest, the East, back East, everywhere. And about four hours into the meeting, we broke for lunch. And three different guys that were on the board, and the board's about 25 people, came up to me at lunch at different times. And basically they said, I never knew a woman could know so much about air conditioning. (laughs) And I kind of wanted to think, what rock did you come out from underneath? 
but right. really it was a compliment to me. But what it was was they just didn't hadn't seen any women involved in their industry in different parts of the country. Mm -hmm. I do think that Tara and I are a little uh, lucky in that the West Coast is definitely more pro um, progressive. But so so turn this forward. I spent four years on that board, and since then we've had two other women on the board. Since then, and now I'm actually going through the chairs, the executive chairs, and I am the current national secretary treasurer, and will be their first woman president in 2019. And you know I think those kind of changes. It just takes a little bit of people acknowledging that and seeing that a woman can do the job that they can do. And I don't know, I would blame any of those guys on the board that they didn't, they weren't prejudiced against women. They just had never seen a woman even try. Right. So I think that that's what we need to get the word out is that women need to understand that this is a great industry, so they should try it. Let's keep going on that line of thought because for our listeners here, uh, for the uh, younger women who might be listening to this or anyone listening who knows uh, a lady or a young lady who is uh, looking for career opportunities, options. Let's talk a little bit about this, the advice and counsel you would give a younger you uh, or a younger lady looking at career options. And if you wanted to talk to them about construction and the, you know, the benefits and the challenges, what would you say, and Tara, I'm gonna pick on you here, what would you say to someone uh, who asked you, what should I do? What, what are, what's the best path to carve here to, to success? How do I become you in 10, 20 years? Well, I would tell them that, first of all, find a good mentor, find somebody in the industry. Um, your parents have friends, the schools have people that you can talk to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and you don't have to decide particularly what your field may be, but if you know you wanna go into construction, there's definitely colleges out there or scholarships that are definitely interesting and companies are recruiting now in middle schools and high schools. I sit on mm -hmm. the I sat on the ABC Associated Builders and Contractors Workforce Committee and we would go into high schools and middle schools and talk to the kids and show them male and female the flashcards that the potential earnings that you can make are unbelievable. They're just as much if not more than IT and you will leave your college making money and have no debt. So, mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of good colleges out there, but there's also a lot of good construction colleges or companies that are willing to train. Um, I would tell them, get your mentor. And then I would also tell them to know your identity. Don't expect that you're going to possibly lift as much as a man, or maybe you can lift as much as a man, but either way, you are a woman and you have talents, you have strengths, you have weaknesses like everybody else. So I would tell them to know themselves and know what they are looking for. That's great advice. Um, Angie, do you want to uh, amplify on that? Uh, and, uh, give us a little, uh, a little understanding of how you would address the same issue with, uh, with a young lady looking at the career, uh, a career in construction. Well, you know, STEM STEM um, is being focused on very constantly now, which is great. And we're seeing a lot of young ladies being directed towards science, technology, engineering, and math. Mm -hmm. And that's wonderful. And we and I think that push alone is going to help us on the on the professional side for construction. I also, though, am a firm believer on that we are a union contractor and the union trades and the and the training that we have with the union trades. You you graduate from high school, and if you just aren't sure you're meant for college or that you're not positive that college is what you want to do, we have an amazing opportunity within our trades to go through an apprenticeship and to be able to basically get the education you need to make a very, very good living for a very long time in our trades. And, and our trades are becoming much more 
cerebral and less physical. I mean, mm -hmm. it used to be that you did have to lift heavy weight, you know, but now with the tools that we have in place and also, also within, within my trades with the, the 3D modeling, the BIM, the, the, the 4D modeling, with, it, with the technology we have today, it's becoming much less physical and more mental and more cerebral in regards to the trades. And so um, I would encourage anyone that it's a very exciting to be involved in construction because you actually see a product. You can, you can drive by a building and say, I worked in that building. I helped build that building. And I don't know, there's a lot of reward to it and a lot of dynamic and exciting opportunities. So if it depends on the women, if you're interested in engineering, or, or construction management, it's a great trade to go to college with. But I also really am encouraging ladies to get involved in actually in our field and in our trades as well. Because we really, I think your number about 9% in the trades, I think the number is for women in the sheet metal trade, for example, is about 1.8%. Right. So we have a long way to go to get more women in the trades. Tara, what do you think uh, about, uh, about that whole topic? And, and what are some of the things you think we could do to get that number up above 1% in, or 2% in the trades, 9% all, all told. What are some of your um, your ideas on that topic? I think working with high school counselors as business owners to let mm -hmm. them know. We've talked to several of them, and they have just been programmed more or less or been it's just been ingrained in them mm -hmm. is a better word, that uh, college is the recommended way to go. Mm -hmm. When I sat with a bunch of high school kids uh, in Oregon, in Woodburn, Oregon, I was amazed how many didn't want to go, mm. and but their parents wanted them to go. There were kids that wanted to have their own auto body shop at 18. Sure. Um, you know, but he wanted to follow in his father's footsteps, but his father wanted him to go to college. So I, I think it's a, not only a, educating the children, but educating the parents, educating the educators mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, is a big thing. Uh, it's organizations like AGC. Associated Generals Contractors, ABC, Associated Business Contractors, uh, Building Contractors. It, it's organizations, it's owners, it's all of us just sending that message. And I, in the last two years, I have seen a huge difference. I have not seen that college push because I have kids in high school. Right. And they're not getting that college push mm -hmm. like I really thought they would. Mm -hmm. It's going in and talking to business owners. And I'm really seeing a big change. And it, it's a shame that it took such a catastrophic work loss in our construction industry for everybody to wake up to bring the trades back to schools right trade they took trades out of the high schools i'm sure angie can attest to that in california too we as business owners we are financing back in we're buying equipment for high schools um it's going to take all of us but it's a message we're all sending and the kids are hearing it and they're getting it and i'm seeing a huge potential that's coming up in the schools and mm -hmm. they believe in it. You mentioned something when I amplify a little bit, the role of the trade associations in our in our industry to help. You know, obviously there's, you know, the women in women in construction. There are there are several organizations out there, but it and, and possibly does not even have to be specifically for advancement of women's in, interests as their primary mission. For example, ABC's workforce development, I, I know, encourages female participation. I'm the local, uh, I know here in our headquarters, the local Portland area, president of the ABC is, uh, is a lady, Ms. Lori Kendall. A shout out to, shout out to Lori. Yeah, and, Lori. And, um, <laughs> but, but talk a little bit, and, I, and I'll, I'll start with you, Tara, since we're, uh, we're, we're on a roll here about the, the role of associations. Is that something that you feel is, is important to the, the future of women in construction? Absolutely it is. Their organizations now are actually inputting into their own dynamics, women business owners that are actually mentoring other kids coming up through the program. Mm -hmm. Without the associations, we're business owners. 
without the associations, we can't do it. Mm -hmm. The associations have the pool in Congress and in the Senate. I mean, they have the DC power that can get these programs put back in. Mm -hmm. The things that are happening from a business owner standpoint are wonderful, but we have to run our companies and we have to employ. We need the organizations to help us. Also too, what's being talked about is actually having a degree for construction in high school. So mm. it will hold the same value as an academic degree, a graduation degree. Interesting. So these are all things, these are ideas that formulate over cigars and scotch, which I love by the way. Uh, <laughs> so these are ideas that are formed in, in boardrooms, in you know a bar, a restaurant, but they're all coming to fruition. I heard about these ideas years ago and they're coming through. So it takes time, but we are making a difference for these kids because we want these kids to have a good future. No, oh, that's fantastic. Um, Angie, I know you're uh, involved in, in trade associations. What are your thoughts on the role of, uh, of these groups with respect to women in, in our industry? Yeah, very large role. I mean, we would just had a um, convention that we called Partners in Progress, which was our association, the sheet metal contractors, with our, our union partners. And it was a common theme there was workforce development and the lack of interest in people in the trades as well as in the offices. But the one of the things that was very, very interesting was it the both sides of the of the partnership, the union side and the contractor side are realizing that we need to do a better job of getting women and minorities involved in our trades to the level of if we have tests to get into our apprenticeships, maybe we need to offer them in, in multiple languages. So don't don't just do it in English only. Mm -hmm. And that, that which is important as well. But also the other thing they're starting to realize, and that's the comments that were made by many of the women that were in the room, was when you go to recruit women, they need to have somebody that looks like them. If you're going into high schools and you're trying to recruit people or or just to a job fair, if you just have three white guys sitting there, there it, it the women aren't gonna come up there. Right. You need to have, you know, you need to have a woman some women recruiting, you need to have minorities recruiting to help them see somebody like themselves so they'll be encouraged to go and come up to the table and learn about it. I know I've spoken at a lot of high schools and I've talked to a lot of the AVID programs, which is a first time in college type programs. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those kids, I want them to go to college if they'd like to, and we want to encourage them, but I encourage them to go to the construction industry period. And if it doesn't work out, if they go to the junior college and they're, and they're just not there, then look into our trades because that's an opportunity. And I do think that having a woman speak to them about that tells them that, hey, let's not be afraid. Right. And I do feel too that we are the the legislative side of things. That's what our our associations really really help us with that. We do. I've gone on on lobby that Congress, both in Washington and locally in Sacramento, for trying to get trades back into into our schools. And it's a interesting subject because everybody says everybody should go to college, and and maybe it's not always that way. Right. No, that's that's great advice. And and it sounds to me from listening to you two ladies that not only and looking at the statistics, not only uh, is there a huge opportunity for uh, women, really for for people in general in our industry, uh, who make the choice to go into the trades right out of school, even if college is maybe just down the road a number of years. Uh, I know myself, my background was a 10-year delay while working um, in the field before I went back uh, and became a project manager myself roughly 70 years ago. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now nugget time. <laughs> All right, so so I've warned you both. I hope I've warned you both to bring one crispy nugget to the table here. And if you have one thing to leave our audience, uh, whether they be uh, male, female, working in the field, working 
you know, as uh, in the C-suite of a large uh, general contractor, regardless, what would be the one nugget of advice that you would leave the industry as a whole regarding the role of women in construction? And Angie, let's go with you. All right, Wayne. So my nugget is actually more of a challenge, if I can do that. What I'd like to do is this. Hold on, Angie. Um, judges, judges, do we have thumbs up? Yes, you may go. You may proceed. Okay, thank you. I would like... Um, I'm speaking to an audience of probably some females, but probably more males, depends. But what I would do is like to throw this out. I love this industry. It's a very exciting, dynamic industry. And I love working with everyone in this industry. And oftentimes I hear my coworkers and the other people involved in this industry talking about a family business and handing it down to their sons or their grandsons or their nephews. I'd like to challenge all of you out there to think, if we all love this industry as much as we do, why do we not think about handing it down to our daughters or our granddaughters or our nieces? Why do we never include them in the conversation or bring them to the office? This is a great industry for all of us. And so I would challenge you to broaden that thought a little bit and encourage the female, young females that you know to get involved in such a great industry. So that's my nugget. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, the gauntlet has officially been dropped by Miss Angie Simon. That is a wonderful challenge. I hope many of our listeners take that up. Uh, and Tara, I wasn't going to forget about you, ma'am. It's your nugget time. My nugget is a bit of a story uh, with a happy ending. Uh, my nugget is it deals with identity. Whether you're male or female, whatever job you have, whether it's construction, whether it's working for viewpoint construction software, you have an identity in the workplace and you're going to develop that and know that you may not do everything perfect. Uh, you might do, react to something wrong or you might react to something how you think you should. My story is I was sitting at a pre-construction meeting with 40 gentlemen and myself. We were building a Regal Cinemas in Washington and the vice president, who I can tell this story because he's no longer with him, and he's a wonderful gentleman, but he's a big Greek gentleman, and he spoke with his hands. And he talked about how his cinemas are like beautiful artwork, like artwork you would go see in Europe or in a museum. And he said, I describe my theaters as a beautiful woman with a voluptuous bosom and a beautiful ass. Now, there comes By the way, our ratings for this podcast just went through the roof. Thank you. <laughs> there, uh, there comes a time when you look at things and you have to decide how you're going to react. And you only have a few seconds to decide this. It's not, it's not going to be life or death, but you still have to know that this could be a, a moment in your career. So now I call the 20 guys that turned around in the room to see my reaction because I was more toward the back. I call those guys amazingly... I call them the ones that really have guts to turn around and see my reaction. The other poor guys, I feel bad because they didn't want to see my reaction. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought to myself, how am I going to react to this? So as they're looking at me, I winked my eye. I gave two thumbs up and I mouthed, nice. Those guys broke out in laughter. This poor VP up front thought he had just told the best story of his life. <laughs> so everybody wins. But in that moment, that defined who I was. And that defined it with subcontractors and with a general contractor. And word got out. And guys would joke with me on the site. And so 
you know, had I maybe rolled my eyes and did something else, it might have been a different reaction. But I'm just saying you're in construction. If you're in construction, it's a different world. Um, you're going to get things where you're going to have to decide how you want to treat it. So in this day and age, and I know, you know, there's all this, all these things going around in politics, and I know we all have to be careful, but at the same time, I think we have to remember humor. We have to laugh about things. Mm -hmm. We're in a very stressful trade. We are building buildings that people will live in. They will go to movies in, they will shop in. And we have to remember that it is a stressful, stressful industry. So have some humor when things happen in this industry, when you're in construction, whether you're male or female. That's great advice uh, from both of you. Outstanding advice. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us for this edition of A Viewpoint on Construction. Tara, Angie, ladies, thank you so much. I'm honored, flattered that you would join us. The best of luck to you in your in both of your businesses. Not that you need luck or that luck has really played into, into your success. Uh, hard work, dedication, and taking some risks and putting yourselves out there. Very impressive stories. Thank you all so much. Tara, thank you. Thank you. Angie, thank you very much. Yes, thank you both. All right. And that'll wrap it for this edition of A Viewpoint in Construction. Stay safe out there, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. And we hope you enjoyed the show. Check back for new podcasts at Viewpoint.com or on the same channel. Craving more thought leadership pieces? Check out our Viewpoint Surveyor blog at blog.viewpoint.com, which is updated several times per week with the latest news, industry best practices, and much more. 